Lauren. Hi, I'm Kelly. And welcome to The Millennial Minimalist. Hi, everyone. Today, Lauren and I are speaking about how to simplify your mind and pursue your goals with greater focus and intention. And to join us in this discussion, we are welcoming back Simplicity Coach and co-host of the hit podcast, Self Helpless, the amazing Delaney Fisher. Delaney is a former stand-up comedian and corporate professional who took her first leap into entrepreneurship when she launched a creative coffee mug company called Dicks by Delaney, which enabled her to leave her corporate job and led to people asking for her advice on how to make their dreams become reality. Today, Delaney is a passionate simplicity coach where she works with both prospective and established entrepreneurs to help them start, scale, and simplify their businesses and passion projects with a focus on working with intention. Delaney offers her clients what she calls no BS guidance, and she stands by the idea that you don't have to do the things the way everyone else does them, and rather you can take an approach that feels fun and simple to you. Be inspired to adopt mindful lifestyle practices that will mentally prepare you to pursue your goals more effectively and enable you to make space for free time. Hello! Hello. We're all we're all tuning in remotely. It's great. It's nice to yes. see you face. Nice to see you guys. I feel like we could all be sisters right now. I just feel like <laughs> Yes, we like, could. We could be family. Kind of crazy. <laughs> This is true. It's so it's so funny. We're, so we're how, how's California? You know, it's okay. I mean, so far I, the weather is nice-ish today. Kind of cool. That's what's going on over here. How have you guys been? Pretty good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like midnight right here. I mean, it's only it's only seven fifteen p.m. But it's pitch black outside, and we're in sweaters. So. Yeah, like it's just like so dark so early. Yeah. Can we get rid of this, please? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, Delaney, it's so great to reconnect with you. We interviewed you a year ago, actually, last oh month. Oh my gosh! Wow! Yeah, so it's just been a year. And the last time we spoke with you, we we talked about your minimalist lifestyle and your simple living tips. And today, we're really excited to focus on your work as a simplicity coach and your advice and how we can best simplify our lives and our minds to pursue our goals with greater intention and free up time for the things that we love outside of work. So to start, as an entrepreneur with multiple projects on the go, including a new exciting podcast called Efficionado, by the way, which Lauren and I are loving. Oh, my um, thank you. Decisive one. It's so good. So good. How has living a minimalist lifestyle helped you simplify your mind and focus on your entrepreneurial endeavors with intention? Oh, uh, so good question. So first of all, I honestly, I attribute minimalism to all of my success, really, like all of it. I am so passionate about it. Everything that I do can be linked to this type of intentional living. And it all started with, you know, my physical stuff, and then transferred to everything else. I actually remember um, a moment when I was first kind of decluttering my physical things for the first time, thinking like, I have so many goals and this shit is just getting in the way. Like I am somebody that has constant, which is a constant cycle of ideas, you know, as creatives, I'm sure a lot of people can relate, right? Um, if you have a ton of stuff going on in your head constantly, if you have clutter in your space, it is probably twice as hard to focus, right? Because you got the mental stuff and then you have the physical stuff. And so for me, I know that um, as somebody who is kind of like an idea machine and I have a hard time turning my brain off, 
I need a lot of kind of peace in my surroundings and in my space, or it really affects my focus. You know, I feel drained and exhausted before I even start my day if I feel like there's crap all over the place. So it's really linked to um, everything. You know, it's given me a lot of space to create and try things. And I mean, try projects even in my physical space too. You know, I'll clear out shelves to make room for my new, my new endeavors and stuff like that. So, you know, metaphorically and, um, what is the other one? <laughs> Figuratively and, <laughs> and yes, both speaking, um, it's helped everything. And is there, do you use some type of time management tool, like a, a journal every day to kind of keep on track or do you just strictly stick to your online calendar? So I keep things very simple. <laughs> I have my physical calendar, which is right in front of me. I have a physical planner. And then I have um, an online calendar, too, that myself and my team can all see. So just Google Calendar and a physical planner is how I keep myself organized. I I can't have things all over the place. Um, you know, I think a lot of I feel like I talk to a lot of people and they have like several different systems and constant alerts on their phone. I can't. I can't deal with all that kind of digital clutter. So very simple and basic. Yeah, Lauren and I as well, like we can't. So we're just like, I have a bullet journal. Lauren uses a calendar and she also uses her online calendar as well. But uh, yeah. yeah, we like to keep it simple. Yes, yeah, it's helpful. And I only like, you know, a tip for my calendar. Um, I really try to limit uh, it doing to only like three things a day. I try to just oh, do I three can. things a day, three tasks. And, you know, they're usually bigger tasks, um, but that is a rule I have for myself because I tend to be a workaholic. I have those tendencies. And so this is a kind of physical reminder of like, look, you can't go more than three things. So I have to move it to a different day or reschedule something or just be very intentional about how I'm also, you know, crafting my day. Yeah. And are those three things your personal are, are sorry, are those work focused? Question. No, They're work focused. Yeah. Yeah. Three work focused things. All I can on do the same project or um, so for example, like I if you know, if I have three clients in the day, those are my three things. I will not schedule a podcast interview, I will not schedule, you know, whatever else it is, that will have to be on a different day. So yeah, good question. Three work related things because for me. If I want to do, you know, 10 self-care related things, then I will do that, you know, but I have to really limit the work stuff <laughs> because I tend to kind of go overboard. So, you know, that could be a tip for somebody if you are struggling in a certain area with overscheduling yourself um, for, you know, activities or work stuff or whatever it might be um, to have that kind of, you know, rule for yourself. And then it's really impossible for me to overwork if I only have three things on my to-do list for that day. Yeah, I love that. I, I like that you set boundaries with yourself. You're like, hey, like, uh, if, if I accomplish those three things, then that's all I need to do for the day. And that way you can fit in, we're going to get into this, free time to do the things outside of work that you really love. So yes, exactly. Boundaries are so important and so hard as an entrepreneur, especially if you know, nobody's regulating you, right? You're just kind of regulating yourself. And so having some you know, some boundaries and external um, boundaries too. However, you can create that for yourself because, you know, they're not super real when you're working for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, 
whatever you can do. Very helpful. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about entrepreneurial passions and passion projects. And I'm like you too. Like I have a thousand, like I have own one mug, but like I have a thousand <laughs> at all times. Um, and I need the clean slate to have that. Yeah. But, and I just to let our audience know, I am one of Delaney's clients. Yeah. She's coaching me right now and she's amazing. And you're helping me navigate this whole writing and comedy world. So you're amazing. Too. I love working with you. You're hilarious. Oh, you. You're a joy to work with and very talented. And I love this podcast too. Thank you. Thank you. You're saying your list. I'm like, I take up a lot of that. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so one of the things I was thinking, and, and obviously, you know, like what I'm struggling with, but with all of these thoughts, it's like sometimes I, and I've been listening to your new podcast as well about indecisiveness, which was the recent one I just listened to. There's people who don't know what they want to do. And then I'm on the other side and I have too many things I have liked doing and I don't know what to focus on. So like, what's your advice on that? Do you think people should just try as many things as they can try? different because then you have to decide on what avenue you want to do once you decide so what's your advice on even just picking something absolutely so if you don't know what you want to do try something and my advice would be to try one thing at a time so it doesn't cloud your judgment if you're enjoying it or not sometimes if you go too hard and you put a bunch of new stuff on your schedule it can be really hard to determine what you're liking, what you're not liking, because you might burn out. And so I would just say, start with something, whatever piques your curiosity, even if it's for a second, right, you know, take that cooking class, or make the painting, or, you know, go for a hike, whatever it is, and then really ask yourself after you do that type of activity, did I enjoy that? Um, Did I not enjoy that? And if you don't, you don't have to do it again, move on to the next thing, right? And if you did enjoy it enough to do it again, just keep doing it until you have some more information. Then on the other hand, if you have a lot of things you want to do, and it's so overwhelming to pick and stick with something, um, that is where really honing in on your bigger goal is a very helpful tool. And you might not know what your bigger goal is, like down to the very specifics of it, but you might have an inkling on how you want to be spending your time and how you want to spend your days, right? So, you know, Lauren, if you're like, I really want to be able to wake up and create my own schedule and film funny stuff and write whenever I feel like it, then, you know, something, a a goal of like, um, being a full-time stand-up comedian where you're traveling all the time and you might be on somebody else's schedule, you might want to think about that a little bit more, right? So what can give you that day-to-day, you know, with your comedic writing? Or if your day-to-day is like, no, I want to be traveling all the time. I want to be performing in front of crowds. Um, I love love being up at night, right? (laughs) Then that's a great goal to pursue, you know, more seriously. So if you're, I think, I think just going through um, your own personal checklist of what is actually ticking the boxes is so important because you might think you want to do everything, but when you really get down to the reality of what that looks like, there might only be a couple things that you would be like the drink. Yeah, that's true. That's Um, that's great advice. I I love the fact that it really reminds you that you should write down your thoughts and the things that you're really enjoying in your life because that will help you 
understand, hey, this is how I want to structure my days. And like, I should choose a career or a passion that could help me that would fit into this lifestyle, right? So absolutely. I think so many times, you know, we're trying to like fit our life into our job schedule. And we should really try to fit our job into our life. You know, like, how can your job support your life? Not the other way around. I remember, you know, having my day job that I really didn't like. And, you know, feeling like I was inside all day, and then I would get out and like, you know, only have 30 minutes of sunlight left. And they're like, God, I just, I felt like I, I only was able to squeeze in 10 seconds of looking at a tree. You know, what I, mean? I, I felt like um, this was not really supporting how I wanted to truly spend my days. Yeah, I could see that for sure. And even with, I would say that for me anyways, and for many of my friends, the going through COVID, the silver lining is that working from home, you get some time back. And yeah. that I've, I've already expressed this before on a previous podcast that I feel like I'm designing my work around my life, which is really, really nice. It's a great feeling. I hope everybody gets there. Oh, it's so great. And I think, I mean, I will, I hope that a lot of people can stay remote if they want to, you know, even after this thing subsides. Um, Because yeah, think about all the time you get back, the commute back, right? Like, I don't know, small talk with people at the water cooler that you might not want to be talking to, right? Like all this type of stuff um, where you can really focus on what's important for you and your personal wellness every day. So yeah, it's kind of been a blessing in disguise, you know, even though it's a total shit show. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, So you talked about leaving your corporate job. And so for our listeners, for anybody who is contemplating leaving their full-time role to pursue maybe a side hustle full-time, what can he or she do to ease their decision-making? Because I know it can be a very stressful decision. Mm, so hard. So I, the decision as far as like when to leave, is that yeah. kind of, yeah. So that one, I get this question so much. And honestly, it, this is how it went for me. So this was, this was kind of how I did it. I got so busy with my side hustle, which was a comedic product-based business at the time. I don't know. Can I swear on this? It's called Dick by Delaney. Okay. I know I've I've been swearing already, kind of late in the game. Um, So I had this like funny mug business and I got so busy with that, that I had no choice but to ask my boss if I could cut down on on my day job. So I went in there and said, look, I started this business. I didn't expect it to kind of blow up this quickly. I need to go down to part-time. Like, can I do that? And luckily they were amazing and they let me do that. And so then I was part-time, you know, part-time day job, part-time side hustle hours. And then I slowly eased down from there. And then I'm like, Hey, I can only work two days a week. That cool. Right. And then I just, I, I eased out of it. I transitioned out of it. Um, and then by the time I put in my notice, I felt comfortable with the amount of money that my side hustle was bringing in to transition into full time. Now I know not everybody is going to have that exact situation happen. But let's say that you have your full time job, how can you um, ramp up the side hustle, you know, as much as possible without killing yourself, obviously, because we don't want you to burn out where you don't feel like doing anything. Um, And then maybe ease out of the full time stuff, right? So even if that means leaving your full time job to get a part time job, because the side hustle is making more money, right? And then lowering in the amount of shifts that you do at the day job as it goes up, right? So for me, it's all about easing out and easing into things. I didn't just wake up and quit the day job and then, you know, leap into the side hustle and hope for the best, right? It was it was very calculated and it kind of 
the decision was made for me because I was basically at a point where I could not physically do both. That's so great that you had the support of your company while you were working there. I'm in a similar situation. My boss is very supportive of uh, our podcast and everything that we're doing. And so, and most of the time I'm focused on the podcast on the weekends, but hopefully I get there where I have some time, like more time during the week to also focus on everything. So um, you're right. It takes planning. You know, it definitely does. And the one thing that Lauren and I continually kind of struggle with is as much as we, we try to simplify every day and have a list of certain things that we want to get done, whether it's work related or personal related, we have very balanced lifestyles, but we both have quite a few passions. And, you know, we were talking about the, the beginning of this podcast. How do you, how do you know when to eliminate certain things so that you can focus more on things that, you know, you're really passionate about? Like it's sometimes it's really difficult to eliminate yeah. certain certain areas of life. Like Lauren, I don't know what in particular, but I think that you're kind of struggling with that right now. Yeah, like I want to do everything. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, and I I constantly change it too. Like I'm like, oh, I like stand up. Oh, I like skit. And then I'm like, oh, I like late night comedy. And then it's like I like minimalism. And I love like researching weight loss and like writing books, like funny books on that. And I like podcasting. And then I sell real estate too. So it's like my life is so clustered. And I I also. This is something that we talk about too. I'm like scared to put stuff out there because I'm like, well, what if I change it next week and then people online think I'm crazy? Mm-hmm. I just like oh. change it all the time. You are speaking my language. This this uh-huh. was me. This was me. I was involved in a million different things. I know, you know, if you've listened to the podcast and you know we've talked a little bit about this on self helpless. Um, but I had like, I was involved in 10 different projects before I simplified things and ended up leading to something that was very successful. But I was at a point where I was, um, you know, I had just launched a podcast. I had a product based side hustle. I was going on auditions. I was writing my second feature film. Um, oh my gosh, I was on an improv troupe. I was going on auditions. It was all over the place. And I allowed myself to experiment though, Lauren. So you might really need to just give yourself the permission to try something and to quit. And that's okay. You can't keep all this, not like keeping your hand in all these different pots is not sustainable. You know that. And that's, that's important, but it's okay if you taste a little bit of everything to see what you like. Yeah, that's true. It's part of the process. It's part of the process. And I know it's so frustrating. Oh my God. I used to crave simplicity so much. Like, why can't I just figure out one thing? Like, why can't I just pick one <laughs> yeah. thing and stick with it? Cause I know if I do that, it will, it will have a better chance of being successful because I can pour all my energy into that. But I had to do all this other trial and error to get there. I promise you will get there. Um, but you just got to allow yourself to experiment, but you can be intentional with how you're experimenting though. Right. So it doesn't feel so crazy. And you can do that by, okay, this week, I'm just going to dabble in this, right? Next week, I'm going to do that. Or month by month. This month, I'm just going to make as many videos as I feel like making. Next month, I'm going to write jokes about this only, right? So you can speed up the process a little bit. It doesn't have to feel like this forever. Um, But I understand how that feels. And, and I feel like, may, sorry, just maybe even yeah. not talking about it as much to people because I feel like my friends are like, every month, Lauren, it's something new. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's, 
that being said, Lauren, as someone who knows you really well, your days are so structured and you know, they're so intentional. Like every morning she's got her morning routine, where yeah. her time is, she's so structured, but yeah. I, think, I think maybe it's, it's, it's the mental clutter that you're struggling with. Uh, you know, cause you've got so much on the oh, go. People are like, you only own one towel. I'm like, but I have 10 passion projects. Like I don't <laughs> have to own anything else. Right. Right. Oh God. I, I understand this so much. It's, it's very challenging. It's, and I, I am somebody who used to publicly declare every month something new also. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a comedian. Actually, I think I want to be a producer. You know what? I'm going to get into acting now, right? I did that. I was doing that, Lauren. So you're not alone with any of that. And what I've noticed is that it's fine if you pivot. And it's fine if you pivot publicly too. And you can talk about it. Like, yeah. hey, I'm figuring my shit out. That's yeah. fine. You know, nobody's expecting it to be perfect, right? Um, Now it's a part of my story. Now it's like a part of like, this is what all the things I was involved in. And now I do this one thing. So I, it's just a part of your story and that's okay. You'll be able to talk about all the different things you tried and you'll feel so confident when you do kind of narrow it down because you will have allowed yourself to try all the other things. Yeah, that's true. I like that. Exactly. That's the way I see it too. I'm like, now Lauren and I can do all these things because we tried it all, you know, and I don't yeah. think that that's a bad thing. I no, really not a bad thing because we're no. doing it with focus and intention. The only thing is like, I, a question I have is for someone who's put a lot of work into a passion project or is beginning to realize and is beginning to realize that it's no longer something that, you know, he or she wants to pursue, but they feel like they need to continue on with it because of money or the amount of time put into it. What would you recommend? They do mm. because it's yes. like, you feel like, oh, I put so much money or, and like, you know, look at all the hard work I put into this. Like, I can't let this go. But you know, deep down that this is, this is not going to, this is not going to be as successful as you want it, or you just lost the passion. Oh yeah. So a couple things, same thing with like the transitioning out of the day job into, you know, the side hustle full time, right? You can ease out of the thing that you're not enjoying if it's making you money still, and you're reliant on that money while you ramp up the new passion project and while that is starting to make money, right? So you ramp up, you ramp down, right? Um, another thing as far as, oh my God, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. It's like, you put, you, you know, just Lauren oh. and I, we have quite a few passion projects that we're developing. Yes. And, you know, sometimes at one point you got to realize I need to eliminate one of those. But it's, it's like, hard yeah, to, because bias, like, yeah. I put, yeah, I put money into it. I put too much time into it and I don't want to let it go. It's my baby. It's just like, you know, Dick's by yeah. Delaney, which you started. I was, I was so sad to hear that you let go of that company because it was just such a cool company. But at the same time, I'm like, you're getting, you're growing, you're doing other yes. things, you're taking that information and everything you learned into your new passion. Absolutely. So the other second tip before I lost my train of thought, <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, is you can leverage, you can leverage that story for your new endeavor, right? So anytime I've quit something and started the next thing, I will use that experience to my advantage. So for example, when I left stand-up comedy to start the dick mug business, right? I was like, how, how can I use what I've already been doing to market myself and promote myself to this new job basically, right? So then I started talking about how I left stand-up so I can be a stay-at-home comedian doing these dick mugs. 
right? This is why I left, boom, 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 right? Then I'm leaving the dick mug business because I'm in love with, you know, coaching people. So how can I use that? Well, I started this side hustle and I was able to leave my day job. So let me help you do the same, right? So I'm using the stories from each past thing to propel me forward, right? Who knows what's going to happen in five, 10 years and what I'll be using to my advantage then. But it's not like what you used to do is a waste of time at all. You have a skill set from that experience. You have a story behind that experience. How can you use it and bring it into this new thing? I love that you see it that way. You on the Self Helpless podcast. I just absolutely, I've been actually a listener of the Self Helpless podcast for, gosh, maybe three years now. I'm obsessed. Oh my God. Wow. So, yeah, I'm an, I'm, I'm an original. Uh, so I've, I've known of you for a while. So uh, but recently on one of your episodes, you interviewed uh, Liz Mealy uh, in an episode, comedian, uh, titled Self Help Me. And she spoke about her successes and failures in her 15 year career as a comedian. And in particular, she, she said that she sees the tough times as great periods of learning. And she also mentioned that had I achieved everything I want to achieve within my first five years, I wouldn't be where I am today. And that really hit, hit home with me. I really appreciated that. Yes. Yeah, that was a really good interview. She revealed a lot of that, all that good magical stuff. And yeah, you know, nothing is a waste of time. If something isn't working, you are building a new skill set. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you have to. You know. Yes. Yeah. And, and another thing you said in your most recent podcast on your your new podcast, you said that with the stand up comedy thing, it was so hard to walk away because you had done it for so long and put so much energy into it. But you created this like final series, which gave you closure to be able to walk away. And like, yeah, I love that. It was like you like had. It was like instead of a, a certificate or like a diploma or like it was just this thing you found that you felt like was like the ending to that. I love that too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that that was super helpful. So if anybody out there is somebody who enjoys getting a certificate at, at the end of something or a trophy or you find it hard to just walk away and you're feeling like you're walking away without something to show for yourself and you want some kind of tangible representation that's what I did for myself. Leaving stand-up, nobody gives you anything. You know, you just you can just stop doing it. And I really wanted to, yeah, film a comedy special to kind of commemorate that um, as like a final project before I graduated onto something else. That's kind of how I, but I had to give that to myself. So, you know, if you're having trouble letting go of something, maybe that tactic will work for you. It was just as hard leaving the Dix by Delaney business as it was leaving stand up. And I held on to it for a long time because my ego was involved, because I was scared, you know, so many different reasons. And I had to just, I had to let it go. I was in a, I was kind of at that fork in the road again. Where I'm like, I can't do both. I'm too burnt out. Can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And on burnout, do you have like everyday lifestyle habits that you practice that really help you keep centered and help clear your mind every day? Yeah. You know, honestly, as, as far as preventing burnout, that whole like only doing three things a day thing, like non-negotiable is huge for burnout. And I actually implemented that after a really bad case of burnout. So that was, that's what burst from that. <laughs> so that will kind of keep me on check. And I have a very kind of intentional filtering out process when I am deciding whether to take on 
something new, whether it's a new project, a new collaboration, a new endeavor. I used to say yes to everything right away and get myself involved in a million different things. And I don't do that anymore. I really say no to like 99% of things now. So I can say yes to the 1% that matters the most to me. But I wasn't always like that. I was a yes lady. <laughs> and now I'm saying no all over the place. It feels so good. Eh? I was also a yes person. Oh my goodness. Saying yes to everything. And then you realize at the end of the day, you're like, hey, I'm not doing anything for myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or I'm yeah, cramming exactly. my schedule. Exactly. Yeah. So when it comes to also the mental clutter, um, we all know that entrepreneurship and pursuing a passion project has its good days and its bad days. Uh, so how do you get through the bad days or the ne- negative self-talk, something that Lauren and I struggle with? And I think a lot of us, of us do. So how do you keep motivated? Oh, good question. Honestly, I look for past evidence that shit has worked. You know what I mean? I look for past evidence that when else have I felt this way? Um, and what happened? What happened next? Oh, I figured this thing out. Uh, my week got better. I remembered this was temporary. This was a temporary feeling. And I allow myself to feel like garbage that day. I just say, yeah, today's the day I'm not going to do much. I'm going to do the bare minimum and I'm going to let myself sit in this and binge watch Netflix or whatever else I want to do. And tomorrow is a new day. So instead of fighting the negative talk, I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of being a dick to myself today <laughs> and I'm aware of it and how, you know, how can I kind of stop it in its tracks? Of course, positive affirmations are great. And if you can implement them in the moment when you're catching yourself, do that. But sometimes life happens and you can't and you're just in a spiral, right? Um, however, I do have like a little, um, little kind of anti-anxiety spiral toolkit and stuff as well that I reference. And these are things that have helped me kind of like pull myself out of a terrible headspace. And they are, you know, quotes that kind of connect with me. Um, There's things that I know I love doing that I feel good after doing. So this list could include anything from quotes to what makes you feel good. Take a bath, take a walk you know, do some deep breathing. So if you can stop yourself in the moment and look at that list and read the quotes and read the words that, you know, connect with you and do one thing on that list, I find that can really help me and, you know, pull me out of the negativity. Oh, I love that. And I think that's something that, uh, Lauren, you can really, I I bet you really value. Yeah, a hundred percent. She'll be like, I'm not in the headspace to do this. And I'm usually like, okay, like maybe take a few minutes, but really just take the night, just relax. Don't push yourself. Like I sometimes, I often have writer's block and like, okay, well I'll take five minutes and I'll go back into it, but it's not enough. I just need to let myself maybe watch a Netflix show for 30 minutes and then go into it. I don't know. Exactly. It's an ebb and flow, especially if you're creative and you're pursuing something creative. Some weeks you're going to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm, I have the energy and the motivation to do a million things for this idea this week. And some weeks it's like, nope, I am just showing up to my day job and eating food and that is it. I'm not doing anything else. And that is fine because we're not machines. You know, we have to kind of, and that's the nice thing about having a project or having a side hustle or whatever. It's up to you. You can scale it back or ramp it up whenever you want. So, you know, yeah, don't, don't try to push through the burnout. 
It will yeah. not be good for your health or for your business, you know, or creative endeavor. I, I still try with my comedy writing, even if I don't feel like it and I'm in the worst mood or I'm tired, I do still try to force myself to write a bit and I just allow myself to let it be garbage. I'm like, you can yeah. write the worst jokes or like the worst skit and sometimes like something funny comes out of it. So it is worth it and it keeps me consistent, but it, it is hard to like pull yourself out of that mindset. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if there, if you can kind of track what time of day you're feeling the best and leverage that period of time, that can be helpful too. Like for me, I am pretty, I'm feeling pretty good at like 10 or 11 a.m. in the morning, you know, like that is my jam. So that is where I do a lot of my creative stuff in, in that part of the day because I'm just feeling in my flow, right? By the time it's the evening, I am pretty done. You know, my brain is not working really anymore. So, you know, when are you feeling the most inspired or the most energized? And how can you plug in, you know, doing a little something for yourself or your creative, you know, endeavor in that, you know, time pocket too? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. Um, okay, sorry. I have a question. I really want your advice and your um, opinion on this. Yeah. We live in this culture now where with social media and like, it seems like, everyone's doing something great all the time and like everyone's business is super successful and they're getting promoted. And I was even saying to Kelly before I logged on here, because I'm in that like struggle trial error phase. I'm like, I feel like I'm like getting ghosted on Tinder and everyone's getting married. And it's like so hard to like watch it all happen, be happy for everyone while you're like struggling so much to like find your own path. So What's your advice on that? Like, do you think you should like shut it out or like find only find things that inspire you or like, or how did, if you felt that way at all? Oh my gosh. Yes. All the time, you know, all the time. First thing, it's super helpful to know that people are full of shit. (laughs) Magical every day. You know, we are all struggling. And even if you you know, I think about how I used to feel like, oh my gosh, I will feel like I have made it if I don't have to have a day job and I am making a full-time income, you know, doing something I love. And now I'm here and I feel like I'm struggling to get to the next level that I've given myself, you know, that I want to get to, right? It's kind of, it's never ending, you know, it's never ending. And so it's super important to regulate the comparison, the comparison trap will kill us. Um, And so I think that's, I think that's up to you. You know, what makes you feel like crap and what makes you feel great? If you need to mute certain people on social media or unfollow certain people on social media, um, do that, right? If you need to follow somebody else on social media instead, do that. Um, What are you ingesting every day? You know, and what's making you feel good and what's not? For me, um, it was just really binging different podcast episodes about people who had made their dream job a reality. For me, just constantly ingesting that information and hearing the good and the bad, um, that was very helpful for me. And yeah, I don't know what would also just like puts you in a good mood. <laughs> for me, scary movies don't put me in a good mood. I don't watch them. <laughs> so I think that's going to be up to you. You know, I think I think we all kind of know what makes us feel good. And what does it? Yeah, I'm actually uh, reading the book uh, FOMO, Fear of Missing Out, by Patrick J. McGinnis, who coined the term. Uh, and nice. he, 
it's really fascinating because again, FOMO, I mean, it's, it's a many of things that cause FOMO are distractions, but these distractions can also teach you about what you do want in your life. Uh, you know, you know, you're looking at a friend who started this business and the business is going so well. And, you know, something in you is like, Oh, you know, I feel some form of jealousy, but at the same time you're realizing, okay, well, that's what I want. And everybody moves at a different pace. So it's okay. But I also think that with on the negative end, it's also important to manage, you know, the relationships you're following. If some don't make you feel good, you have to declutter them. It's unfortunate and it's challenging, but you have to do it. But okay. I also have a question for you, Delaney, Yes, uh, as it, as it pertains to social media. So in a recent episode on your podcast, Self Helpless, you discussed the popular Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, which many people are still watching. And you mentioned that as a business owner, your goal is to actually eliminate some social media platforms altogether. So why do you think that social media isn't necessarily crucial for scaling a business? And how can we use these tools more intentionally so that we can free up time? Good question. So I have minimized my social media platforms. (laughs) I did. I left Twitter and I left Facebook and I was leaving, you know, I was leaving a good chunk of people behind, you know, thousands and thousands of followers. I did not feel like I'm still on Instagram right now though. I looked at how I was spending my time on social media and I asked myself, what is the most effective for my business? And let me look at this data right? Um, Because that's really why I I, I use it. I like social media, okay, in certain ways. But really, the majority is, you know, I use it for my business right now. And so I noticed that Instagram had by far the best return on investment of my time and said, okay, I'm just going to focus on this one platform as far as social media apps goes, and I'm going to get rid of the other ones. Of course, I was freaked out. And I was scared by it. But Nothing crazy happened. Actually, my business grew uh, when I did that because I was using it very intentionally. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get better at this one platform. That being said, it's something that I feel I still need as of right now to run my business. Will I feel this way in five years? I don't know. Maybe I'll keep it around. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will have built up my email list instead in a way where I feel like, okay, this is going to replace my my Instagram now. And I'm going to just focus on this. So I'm kind of, I'm always easing in and out of something. So right now I'm kind of easing out of certain social medias and easing in to some new ones that I'm just kind of starting with the idea that if I ever want to leave social media, like platforms, apps or whatever completely, I will have the option to do so. You know, it won't be a requirement. And I think people need to know that it is an option to be on a million platforms. It is not a requirement to do that. You know, you can really pick the ones that you're the most excited about that fit, you know, the way that you like to show up, right? This is how I kind of work with my clients too, is like, okay, but what excites you? Like, how do you like to show up and talk about what you do or share your message? Not everybody wants to be on video. Not everybody wants to do a podcast. Not everybody wants to do a blog. So we find the thing that they actually want to do. We make that thing happen and we repurpose that for all the other platforms um, that are going to give them the best return you know, on their time. Yeah. I, I love in your bio, you say that uh, you share no BS guidance. 
Uh, <laughs> you stand by the idea that you don't have to do things the way everybody else does. And you can take an approach that feels fun and simple to you. I love that line. Yeah, absolutely. We're not a one size fits. This is not one size fits all. Everybody is so different. And I think it's a, I think people, you know, do others, you know, a great disservice when they talk about this is the way to do things. There's only one way. This is the proven step-by-step -step process and it will work for you. Well, what if you don't even want to show up to the first step? Because that's just not your personality. So we work with that and it's very, it's highly personalized, you know, and highly customized. Absolutely. Really helpful. Yeah. I love on your website that you say, if I can sell mugs with dicks on them, <laughs> like you can do anything. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we were also talking about how um, like jealousy can be such a good tool. I know Kelly, you were talking about that mm -hmm. is like, don't look at it as a bad thing. If you are comparing yourself to other people, what are you wanting that you feel like you don't have? That is a big clue, perhaps, as to what you want to pursue next. And so let the jealousy be something really positive for you and kind of like an inkling. Yeah. And also, I realized like I, I love motivating my friends and amplifying them any way I can and supporting them. And yeah, I don't, you know, I obviously we all feel jealousy at some point, but even though they may be at a point in their career that is further than I am right now, I am nothing but supportive and I'm always giving, I'm always giving because you yeah. know what, that is good energy and it will come back one day. And, right. and I love what you say, you know, once you get to a certain level, then you compare yourselves to the person at the level just above you and it will continue and it will continue and it will continue. It's just the reality. Yes. Absolutely. But you, you really need to manage that. You really yes. need to manage that mentally and just have gratitude at, with where you are today. Of course. And, you know, we don't really think to document the crappy times. You know what I mean? We like to pull out the pictures when it's like a celebration or something successful happened, right? But we're usually not whipping out the camera when we're crying, uh, you know, in the closet. Right? <laughs> like, so, you know, I think being mindful about who you're following and who you're listening to. I mean. Some people might not reveal a lot on pictures on Instagram, but maybe if you listen to their podcast, that's where they're really open about what's going on, right? Um, because everybody's also using these platforms in different ways too. So I think, you know what, just follow the people that you feel are authentic and are telling you the truth about what's really going on. Yeah. And that's you, Delaney. You're so real. So real. Yeah, we were talking about that when we logged on. We're like, you're so real. And like what I've learned about you through listening to your podcast, Self Helpless, is you have so much on the go, but you, you know, you'll talk about work, but you talk about your life. You're like, I'm you're always talking about how much you live life and you must have all this time that you've made for yourself to, you know, spend time with your dog and spend time with your boyfriend, your fiance. So yeah. like things like that. So yeah. And you know what? That is all very intentional because I wasn't always like that. I was somebody who really put work first no matter what. And I wasn't doing those things. You know, I'd wake up early in the morning, go to work all day and then go to work all night and go to bed. And there wasn't there wasn't much of a balance. I wasn't leaving room to do fun things. And another thing I remind myself to when I feel like I, you know, Sometimes I feel like I can, I'm moving really fast towards my goal and I'm really excited. And sometimes I feel like I am in slow motion and I can't get there quick enough. 
And something I like to tell myself uh, when I'm feeling slow is that you're, you're slower because you have all this other amazing shit in your life that you didn't have before. That's what's taking up more time. You have this relationship. You have free time. You're, you're closer with your family. That's why you're going slower. And that is the best thing ever. That's I so great. That. We never know? think of that these days. Yeah, we always put work first. You got to think about it. It's like, well, you look at, you have a more balanced lifestyle. You're spending time with your family. You're seeing your friends more, even if virtually, things like that. And you're realizing like, hey, this actually makes me feel better every day, which will obviously impact my work. Yes. Yes. I think that, you know, we we're saying before that goalpost is always moving. It's so important that like once you accomplish your goal or meet a goal, instead of to just move the goalpost again, um, to like sit back and like just reap the all the hard work you've done and enjoy it. So Oh my gosh. Yes, that is so important. Celebrate every milestone, every single milestone that you hit, the big ones, the small ones, everything in between. I used to not do that. I used to hit something and then go right to the next thing and maybe have about five seconds of bliss before I went back, you know, to the grind. I do not do that anymore. We celebrate everything. Cam is, uh, my fiance is such a great accountability partner in that respect too, because I'll say, oh my gosh, I just had my best month of business. This is crazy. He's like, let's order food and celebrate, you know, right? So like we both kind of, are in the habit of celebrating those milestones now. And I used to just blow right through them. So yeah, that has to be something intentional too, that you, even if you got to put it in your calendar, like a weekly celebration that you do with yourself and say, what did I, oh my gosh, that's a, that's a cool thing that happened this week. Can I text a friend about it? Can I go get lunch with somebody? Can I make a phone call? Can I dance in the shower? Whatever you got to do. Yeah, we need to start doing that, Lauren. Yeah, because they say if you don't do it, then like it's always like I'll be happy when I get here and here, and then you'll just never happy no matter how much you accomplish or what you do because you're just always on to the next thing. You're just like perpetually unhappy. Absolutely, it gives you something to look forward to. You know, like if you are celebrating all of your milestones, you know another one's coming up in a few days, right, (laughs) or in a couple weeks, and so it keeps that motivation going. Which if is so important for anything that you're pursuing. Like if you actually want to keep going and be successful in that thing, you have to stop and celebrate your milestones or you will be absolutely miserable. Like you said, Lauren, it's so true. And having an accountability partner makes it so much easier to accomplish those things and or yeah. helps you stick to those goals. Lauren has this idea, let's have a call every Sunday. We'll talk about our goals for the week. And then, you know, the next Sunday, we'll go through and see what we've accomplished. And I think that in that call, Lauren, we can also talk about, hey, like, you should be proud of yourself for doing X. Because I don't think we ever take that time to reflect on, oh, yeah, I'm happy that I accomplished this. I do personally in my bullet journal by being like, oh, what did I accomplish? But to have an accountability partner is just so much more powerful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And even just to go over your emotions or how you're feeling about things or I don't know, it's always like goals, 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 but there's so many underlying factors with things. So yeah, even if you could have like a little daily appointment with yourself or like the first thing you do when you wake up is, um, okay, let me count all the reasons why I'm awesome. right? (laughs) And like talk about all the cool stuff that you have accomplished to get you in that kind of motivated mindset for the day too. Um, sometimes it just takes 
yeah, looking at the past month or the past week or what you did yesterday. Oh my God. I can just like see myself waking up next to a guy and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like writing out why I'm awesome (laughs) (laughs) on the notes in my phone. (laughs) Make an awesome list that you, it's a new one every morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's so funny. Oh my gosh, Laura. Okay. I actually just interviewed uh, Greg McEwen who wrote the book Essentialism. And yeah, really, really, really amazing book. And he was talking about how, you know, a lot of young professionals, millennials, we have a tough time just stopping and doing nothing because a lot of us, we have this crazy ambition and we see doing nothing as wasted time, but we need to stop seeing it as wasted time because we need time for reflection, time to be calm and just just sit still with our thoughts. And it's so important. I've started to do that. Even when I eat dinner, like I try not to put on the TV or anything because just that one moment of silence, I can just be like, oh, kind of nice. Absolutely. Resting is so important for success. It really is. You need to recharge your brain and your body and when you are caught up in the whole, you know, the, the workaholic cycle where you're just going from one task to the other, you're usually not asking yourself, wait a minute, could I be doing this in a more effective way? Do I even need to be doing this? Could I get help doing this? You're not thinking clear. You're not, you're not clear headed at that moment. And so taking a step back the next day, you're going to have probably better solutions. Like it's so, it's so crucial for your productivity to give yourself that space. Yeah. Yeah. I have one quick question. Yeah. Um, Obviously you coach people in their entrepreneur endeavors and their passion projects. What do you find your clients do that allows them to make the most progress? Is it like trying different things or like taking things off their plate or getting out of their own head or like, what's like the biggest thing people can take away if they, they want to get started? Oh, great question. Honestly, the people who have found the most success I have found within my own program are the people who take very quick action. They don't sit on it. They don't wait around. They don't do a lot of planning. They just go and do that thing without thinking, without overthinking it, without thinking about it too much. So you get the steps and, you know, you can wait on the steps or you can just do them like the next day. (laughs) right so that part is is up to them um and that's what i have found and and it's so everybody myself included everybody's taking very imperfect action and that's really what needs to happen you you can't wait too long to let yourself talk yourself out of doing it or overthink it and what Um, advice do you give your clients to make sure that they're not overworking themselves even if they've made that decisive decision to pursue something so that they yeah. have enough time for free time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm very intentional with the way I give my clients their action steps too. Lauren, you might even notice this. I only give three things. I've noticed that. And I, right? <laughs> I'm like, I have a whole month to do those only three things. <laughs> right. And so for me, I make it, I try to make it so simple that they have to follow through. Um, but I wasn't always doing that. Like when I was first starting out and really trying to figure out like, okay, who do I help and what am I doing? I was writing everything in a follow-up email. It was like 
so much information overloading people, right? And like that is overwhelming. It's hard to take action when you're overwhelmed. And so I lay it out very clear steps and they know like if you finish these, reach out to me for the next ones. But that's kind of how I limit the amount of stuff I'm giving them. I don't give everybody everything at once. I don't say, okay, here's all the things we're going to do in six months. So you have it. I give it to you piece by piece as you accomplish them. That is so smart. It's it's just expectations that like, there's no planning fallacy, right? Like you're like, you're giving people this extra time, which is great. So they they don't feel rushed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we always know like where we're going to, you know, I also include like a voice message, like some overall stuff. So if you complete those steps, you definitely know like what you could be doing in addition, right? But you're only really expected to follow through with a few things. Yeah, that's great. So to close our conversation today, we could speak to you for a long time, Delaney. We love right you. Back at uh, you. We're so excited you for yeah, we're <laughs> so excited for the border to open so that we can come visit you in Los Angeles. Yeah, I was yes. yes, that would be so fun. I would love to meet you guys in person. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually took a trip there together, Lauren and I, and I used oh. to live there. So yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, yeah. hit me up the next time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Uh, so, so what are one to two mindful self-care practices that our listeners can adopt today to help them work more efficiently, your favorite word, and make room for free time? Two practices. For me, it's very simple. I ask myself, do I even need to be doing this anyway? Right? Like, is this even necessary? Or is this like self imposed, you know, tasks that I have on my plate? And am I enjoying this? Those are really the questions I ask myself probably multiple times a day. Wow. And then if it's a no, you're like, okay, well, then I'm going to stop now. And I'm going to go live my life. If I don't need to be doing it, Mm -hmm. I will either stop, or I will delegate it or outsource it. um, If I'm able to, And then am I enjoying it? I either say, well, is it necessary? And then I will, you know, complete the task. And if it's not necessary, I don't do it. Or how can I make it more enjoyable? So I'm always streamlining my processes for everything with those two questions. That's really helpful. We need to start doing that, Lauren. Yeah, that's so helpful. (laughs) Well, thank you so much again, Delaney. This is so great. I, I know you have a new podcast, so I, I definitely want you to share that with our community oh, where they so can nice. find you. You're an amazing simplicity coach and you work with young professionals who are looking to become entrepreneurs. You also work with super established entrepreneurs and celebrities. So let it, let our audience know where they can find you. Yeah, you can find everything at DelaneyFisher.com, uh, information about my coaching program and the podcast and everything like that. And yes, I do have a new podcast called Eficionado, and there is a worksheet that corresponds to each episode, which you can also get at DelaneyFisher.com because I am a crazy person and I'm very type A, and I feel like I need a worksheet. (laughs) Super helpful. That's so great. Are you enjoying your new podcast? I'm loving it. I really am. I am really enjoying it. And you know, it's interesting. I know the interview is over, but this I feel like could be helpful for anybody who might be struggling. I tried to start a blog instead of this podcast and I was not having it. It was not fun for me at all because I was thinking, well, everybody's got a blog that needs to be the thing I do next. Nope. Wasn't fun for me. 
But you know what really clicked is me sitting down to write a podcast script, which is basically a blog, but that little mindset tweak helped me actually do it. And then it's taken and put into blog form. So see, yes. that's an example. You know, you tried one thing and you're doing the same thing, but you're using a different platform. So exactly. That's exactly. awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Delaney. And uh, hopefully we can do this again very soon. We're going to continue to listen to your new podcast because we both are obsessed with it. So, uh, so we'll keep in touch and yeah. So hopefully we can reconnect next year again, or maybe around this time. Awesome. Kelly, Lauren, you're the best. Keep doing what you're doing. I love what you guys do. And Lauren, I'll be seeing you very soon. I'll see you at the end of the month. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Love it. Thanks again, Delaney. Got it. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. That was our conversation with Simplicity Coach Delaney Fisher. And if you would like to learn more about Delaney's coaching sessions and her latest podcast, Efficionado, please check out her website at delaneyfisher.com. As mentioned, Lauren has been working with Delaney for some time now, and she is gaining the clarity and the steps that she needs to take to turn her skill sets and her passion for comedy into a dream career. You can also read Delaney's client testimonials on her website, including words from entrepreneurs across all industries. And you can find all these links in our show notes, including a link to our first interview with Delaney titled Live Authentically with Delaney Fisher. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode and continue to find value in our content, please be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. I have to say that we love reading your reviews. Your words really keep us motivated and also help us bring on more exciting guests. Thanks again for listening and we will speak to you soon. Bye-bye.